This sermon was recorded on January 28, 2007. It's all about baptism, and I am entitling it, Do You Remember When It Rained? Rain is such a beautiful part of life. I love when it rains. But it also is a reminder that things can get a little muddy. When there's rain coming down, you can lose sight of what really matters and the grace that you have right in front of you. So today, as you listen to this, be reminded of the grace that was just for you, that God gave his only son just for you, and soak in that rain and let yourself be rejuvenated and remember your baptism. Let us offer up a word of prayer. Lord God, as we come to this moment in this service, may you both guard my words and guard our thoughts. May they all be about you. May they all be centered around your words for us this day and what you want us to feel and to experience in hearing. So bless us, God, and, and give us that opportunity. Allow us to be guided and allow us to be ready to guide others as we all seek to be better of who you call us to be as your family, as your disciples, as your children. In your name we pray. Amen. Last summer we had the blessing of, of taking a, an extended vacation of which we hadn't got to do necessarily, but because of your generous gift doing pastor's appreciation, we were able to take a cruise. And something we had never done and we had wanted to do, and I wasn't so sure. I'm, I love being around people as long as there's room for me to get away from them when I want to. Now, on a cruise, I didn't just realize how claustrophobic you can be on a boat, but with 2,000-plus people, once they put the sides up and you're out to sea, all of a sudden you're trapped in with these people. They're all around you. The only place you can get any peace any time away is in your cabin. And you know I'm cheap, so the cabin wasn't big. And there were three others in that cabin and several very decorated towels that kept showing up. So I realized that you needed to be out among the people and around the people, and, and I experienced a great time. It was a wonderful experience, but something that it really taught me was that there are families in this world, that we are a part of the family of God, which is the family of this world. And as I gather around people of all different walks in life, I realized just how much different they were than us and how much the same they were. But what I especially experienced was the wonderful words of Carnival Cruise. That's who we traveled with. No matter where we would go and where we would be, they'd say, hey, welcome to the family. They said that in every setting as they'd invite you to dinner. It's good to have you at dinner. Welcome, family. They'd invite us to sit and invite us to play and say, are you going to the show tonight? It's a family show. Everything was about family. Welcome to the family. But I will not forget the buffets, the never-ending Diet Cokes, the constant things that I kept thinking, okay, if I add all this up, it's going to break me. And they'd say, just remember, you're a member of the family. Membership has its privileges. Drink up. Eat up. And we did. And I'm paying for it now. But I remember that understanding that is a part of this carnival cruise, we were a part of something greater than we had been before we got on the boat. We had all the gifts, all the privileges, all the opportunities on that boat was, were available to us because we were a part of the family. Sometimes we forget that as the church family. 
that we have that same opportunity that we should be extending both that understanding, welcome to the family, and that understanding that we want you to be a part of all this family offers. People get frustrated with us because we say, you need to come to Sunday school and you need to be a part of our music ministries. You need to help out with the children. And as we say all that, some say, I just want to come to church. But it's almost like going on a carnival cruise and sitting in your cabin. You get all the wonderful feeling of being a part of it, but you never really are unless you get outside your cabin and get out there and enjoy what it means to be a part of the family. The thing that allows us to know that is our understanding of our own baptism. That if we are baptized into the family of believers, whatever denomination journey you may be from or you are on, it is this understanding that we are a part of the family because God so loved us that He gave His Son for us that if we accept that love, that we receive the wonderful gift of His baptism through grace. The Scriptures that Liz read this morning from Luke are sort of echoed in the short passage I share with you from Matthew for it is both their accounts of that amazing day that after his baptism, this comes from Matthew chapter 3, starting with, verse, uh, starting with verse 13. Then Jesus went down from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized there by John. John didn't want to do this. This isn't proper, he said, for I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. But Jesus said, please do it, for I must do all that is right. So then John baptized him. After his baptism, as soon as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down in the form of a dove. That first recorded baptism that we have were then recorded throughout the New Testament as believers were seeking to be baptized. And as they, they were coming to places where they knew there were believers that followed Jesus that would baptize them. Understanding Jesus' baptism should give you an amazing feeling of knowing that you are part of something greater than just yourself. You are part of the family of God. For baptism is that initiation, that, that almost adoption right that allows us to say, I'm a child of God. Not, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm a member of that church. Which should be something that we should be so excited about, not bashful about. It should be something that we claim. That we claim that amazing hand of God on our life through our baptism and that we can't help but go forth and proclaim it to the world. And yet it's almost as Christians, we're, we're just a little bit shy about it. We, we don't want to offend anyone, so if I bring up that I'm a Christian, it might make them feel uncomfortable. We forget that our baptism gives us a rite of passage from what we were before, going forth to become what God is creating us to be. That by us accepting our baptism and being excited about it, we can go out in the world and others will understand or seek to understand what it is about us that, that makes us different. But if we're bashful about that baptism, it would almost have been like when Jesus went down and He said, John, you are to baptize me. And John said, no, I'm, I'm not supposed to. And Jesus said, oh, I'm sorry, that's okay. He didn't. He said, no. John, you are to baptize me. It is my Father's will that you do so. That he was proud of the fact that he was going to set forth forever. 
that understanding that through the baptism of the water, an outward thing is shown to those around us because an inward experience has happened. That whether it be a child brought to us as an infant, that a family stands and says, I want everyone to know that this child is a child of God to a youth that has come to us during the confirmation that has knelt before us, and we as a church say, oh my gosh, this young adult now sees themselves as a valuable member of this family. To the amazing gift of having a senior adult come to me, and I've had several, that says, I need to be baptized. I need to be baptized because I want everyone to know what's happening in here and they'll see it if I will just receive it. But for many of us, baptism, we, we forget the power in it. We forget that understanding that something really has happened. I hope that none of you sitting today that are remembering your baptism said, oh, I, I did it because everyone else was doing it. Or you're sitting out there today and saying baptism is just like everything else in the church. It's just something you do. Jesus didn't just do baptism. Jesus was baptism. That he understood it and that he wanted all to see it and forever to relive that experience of their baptism. I've had Methodists come to me many times, and you know, many of you know our doctrine. We don't rebaptize because we believe when you're baptized, God's work has been done in your life, and it's there forever, even if you fall away or fall short, as you may feel, of God's call. But we do remember our baptisms daily. We remember our baptisms every time someone's baptized. We remember every time the water is poured that it had once been poured upon us, and we receive that gift. I sit here today and I look at this bowl of water and I am reminded that through the gift of the Spirit that that water represents, we are forever changed. And I'd like to just leave it there, but I want to say, but are we? Are we changed? Are we different? Have we become someone new through our baptism or have we just done it because others were doing it? Baptism. Baptism is your opportunity to accept the claim on your life that God has put up on you as His child and to send you forth to proclaim that. If your baptism is as powerful as it's supposed to be, if it truly is as real as it's supposed to be, there is a step forward that you must go. You must go ye into all the world, as it says in Matthew, and begin to preach and teach. I, I was telling Ralph and Kim up this morning, the bishop did, did speak to us, and, and he was telling us that it's amazing the statistics out there that the reasons churches grow and continue to grow has nothing, hear this, nothing to do with the man or woman in the pulpit. We have blamed them forever. Well, people quit going to church because of that pastor down there. Or people won't go there because, you know, the pastor. One to five percent of people write down that they attend a place of worship, Protestant denominations, because of the pastor. Fifty-six to sixty percent said they attend because someone, family, friend, co-worker invited them to worship and continued to disciple them. Get that? It's not just the invitation, it's the discipleship. It's that understanding that once we receive our baptism, that we have a responsibility. Membership has its privileges, but it also has its responsibilities. 
along with your membership in the family of God, you are called to do and be so much more than just a pew sitter. You are called to be a liver of the gospel. You are called to go out and disciple and to love and to receive others in the kingdom. You know, they said that churches would double in size in a month if everyone in the congregation went out and invited one person to church next Sunday. Now, I just want you all to imagine that. We have between one and 200 at first service and between two and 300 sometimes into almost 400 at second service. If everyone went out and invited one person, now I know you're sitting there going, but Mark, all of them wouldn't come. That's exactly why the statistic is important. If we all invited one person, maybe 25% of them would come. Maybe 50%. Maybe 60, maybe 100, maybe 1%. But isn't that amazing chance to see what would happen in the life of the church if each of you brought a friend if each of you brought a friend and said because of my baptism in the family of God I know what it's like to be accepted and loved by God and the people around me make me feel loved and accepted and I want others to have that gift as well to go out and do it for the Lord the example given to us was as I was studying this week from the book of Acts because I thought, you know, it's easy. I, it's easy for me to pick up the phone and call Kim and Steve and say, hey, we're going to go do this. Why don't y'all come and do this with us? It's easy for us to invite. Hopefully, it's easy for you to invite your family. Most of you, right? I mean, your families are all sitting with you today, aren't they? But some of them are. Some of them, you know, are in other places of worship, and, and you know they attend. So family is pretty easy. And neighbors, they're, they're okay, except for that one that, has the hot tub next to you that gets in it without their swimsuit, you probably don't want to invite them to church next Sunday because they might not understand how we do things. But that neighbor on the other side of you, that real nice neighbor that comes out and gets the paper and they're always smiling and laughing, that would be a neighbor you say, hey, come with me to Wickline. But what about the neighbor across the street that plays their music really loud and they park up in their, their yard? What about those Brian Hebrings? What, what do you do with those neighbors? According to the Scriptures, those are who God is sending us out as the baptized children of the kingdom to make sure that they are not only invited. Now get this too. This is a long sermon that I'm trying to squeeze into 20 minutes. Not only are they invited, but they are welcomed. Two different things, amen? Have you ever been invited to something that you didn't feel like you were very welcome to? We preachers go to those events all the time you got to invite the preacher. We want this to be a holy event. But gosh, what is he doing here? Put your drink down. The preacher's here. To invite someone and to make them feel welcomed are two different things. Ananias gives us that experience. If you'd like to, I'll be reading in the book of Acts. This is the amazing, amazing transformation of Saul to Paul. But that's what we center on, and this isn't what I want you to hear today. In Acts chapter 9, I want you to hear with me this passage that comes in verse 10. Now there was in Damascus, now this is, I'm sorry, this is after Saul had lost his sight on the road to Damascus. This is when this passage takes place. Now there was in Damascus a believer, a baptized man of God, I added that, named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias, and this is how we're supposed to do. Yes, Lord. Yes. And the Lord said, Go over to Straight Street and find the house 
of a man named Judas and asked there for Paul of Taurus. He is praying to me right now. Remember, he's lost his sight. He's, he's lonely. He's trying to figure out what's going on. He's praying to God, and God is reminding Ananias, go over to him because he's praying right now to me. For I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so that he can see again. But Lord, here's what I usually, but Lord, come on, exclaimed Ananias. I have heard about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and we hear that he has arrest warrants with him for the chief priest, authorizing him to arrest every believer in Damascus. But the Lord said, Ananias, go and do what I say. For Paul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the nations and before kings, as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for me. So Ananias went over, and he found Paul, and he laid his hands on him and said, Brother Paul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit and may obtain your sight. Instantly. Instantly, Paul could see and was immediately baptized. Then he ate and was strengthened. And I would add, he went out and began to build the body of Christ. You as members of the household of faith are not only asked, you are expected to be the members of this family that you say you are. You aren't just supposed to take in this worship for yourself. It, it's, it's like the way I look at a fist. If it's clutched and held tightly, you know the only thing it collects is sweat. But if it is open and reaching out, it brings in other people. It brings in the people for the kingdom of God. And that's what the amazing gift that we have as the church is that there is not too many. I, I know there's been some that's visited that maybe didn't feel welcome or maybe they didn't feel a part, and, and that is, that, that's an apology we have to extend. But the majority of the people that come and visit here, they say, oh, how wonderful it was. I felt so great. It felt good to be with these people and to feel a part of these people. But the reality is they were invited or they stumbled upon us one or the other. I'd much rather hear it said they were invited and they were made to feel welcomed. Ananias was sent to Paul. Paul, a murderer. Paul had murdered thousands of believers and was seeking to murder more. And God said, Ananias, go across the street, walk across the beer cans, don't worry about the cars in the lawn. Don't worry that the door is falling off the hinges. I want you just to walk in and there's going to be someone sitting in there. He is mine. And he needs to be blessed. Go and do so. There are people in our neighborhood, in our schools, around us that just need you to go knock on a door and just to say, you know, I'd love to come Sunday morning and pick you up for church if you would go with me. I hear many of us say, oh, I'd love for you to come to my church. It's over there. Unless your car is just packed, I'd like to come pick you up. And I'd love for you to come to church with me and I'll sit with you. I'll sit with you in church and I'll make sure that everyone's nice to you and no one treats you in any way that you don't want them. And I'll take you to lunch and I'll even buy lunch. And after lunch, we can sit and talk about the preacher. He loves for us to do that. And if you didn't like the sermon, I can let him know what parts you didn't like. 
Can you imagine the people, for one, they'll get tickled at that much, but for two, that they will honestly rethink their absence from worship? Now you'll say, but Mark, I don't want to offend anyone, and what if they go to another church? If they go to another church, you're going to know, amen? Because I know some of you, you've been invited to several churches in the area, and you're proud to say, I'm a member of Wickline, and that's where I attend worship. So don't worry about that. They'll tell you. And you say, oh, but Mark, at work, we don't do that. Oh, don't worry about it. Life is short. There's a Paul out there that is in so much need of the cleansing power of baptism that they are waiting for you to place your hand in their life and to invite them and extend the hand of fellowship. Membership has its privileges, but it has a greater responsibility as Ananias realized that through his baptism he came to be a new man. But God said, don't stop there, Ananias. Make others new through me. And he sent him to do so. And the church grew from that one amazing experience because Ananias heard the Word of God and lived it out. Remember your baptism and know that it was given to you with a price that was paid in full by Jesus Christ, but that it's not just to be received, it's to be shared. Remember your baptism. Reflect upon that opportunity when you stood there and you realized how much you needed that baptism and think for a moment there might be someone that you know that needs it as badly. Would you keep them from that out of hesitation or fear or being uncomfortable? You are the body of Christ. You are the family of believers that are sent out into the world to welcome others into the family of faith. The church will grow and become the powerful, powerful means of change that it's called to be, but you are the ones that have to do it. You have to be willing to live out your baptism. Remember your baptism for just a moment. And if it truly is the baptism it was meant to be, you can't not want to share it. I'd like you to listen to a song for a moment. Because what I want you to realize is through the words of this song, I know what it's like to be baptized. I do. I'm where I am because my baptism did take and it made me realize how badly I needed God in my life. That, that I couldn't live my life without being a part of His family because the life I was living was not a life worth living. The things I was doing and the, and the way I was acting was not a way that God needed me to. Now, just because of baptism, things have been 100% different? No. I'm human. But because of baptism, I seek to live differently because I am His because I have been cleansed by the amazing love of Jesus Christ. I can stand before you today and say, every time I remember my baptism, my spirit wells up inside. And I understand that there is something different about us. It was something I needed and I received. And I have never been the same because... Hear these words. And seek for yourself the opportunity to understand that your baptism has as much if not more power to it, and that God expects you to live it out to the fullest.
wash away the thoughts inside that keep my mind away from you. No more love and no more pride. Thoughts are all I have. Tears of hope that would not dry. They magnified the one within, and the outside slowly died. I felt the ground and looked up high and called your name. Remember when it rained in the water I remain running down, running down, running down. Running down, running down, running down, running down. As the water flowed on my baptism, I never doubted for a moment that I was His. It didn't matter what the world did to me. It didn't matter what anyone said about me. It didn't matter what would happen to me. I would always be God's child. But that I couldn't just sit back in a cocoon and say, I'm a child of God. Leave me alone. From that moment on, I realized I had a message to go out and proclaim. And that was the claim that God had on my life that I could change and so could others by just receiving the gift we set out here today and there are some of us that need to remember that. That you are not the same as you were. You are different because He claimed you for His own. And there's some of you that do know that and every day of your life you seek to show others that and you seek to live that way. You are constantly pouring out God's love and grace in your life. And today we want you to have the chance to remember that and to claim it for your own self. Cheryl and Liz will be standing with me this morning, and we want you an opportunity to come down and just to place your hands in the water, or if you want to just kneel and let us pray for you, we want you to have that chance to remember your baptism and to be thankful 
to not forget that He died for a reason. And you were that reason. And He doesn't regret it. And don't you either. So as music is played, I pray that you will each think for a moment. And and please, no, I'm not one of those pressure pastors. If you don't feel comfortable coming down or you're fine where you are, you know that's okay. But there are those of you out there like me that need to every once in a while just place my hands and receive that gift. And we invite you to do that this morning. Remember your baptism this morning. Come as you feel led.